Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel. Tonight I have an announcement to make before we get to our show. October the 19th, 2015 on Catfish Weekly. We're going to be talking about the Monsters of the Mississippi Tournament with George Young Jr. and none other than Bill Dance. So make sure you all tune in. It'll be a great show. We're really looking forward to have George and Bill on the show with us and uh, We'll find out all the specific about that show and and uh, how everybody's going to approach uh, entries and uh, how many entries they got and all the stuff. So uh, it ought to be a great show and everybody should enjoy it. How's it going tonight, Chuck? Great. Uh, took a weekend off. Just did a little uh, preparation for my little trip to Owensboro next week. Uh, um, and just did a lot of relaxing, getting ready for the work week this week and. Uh, and I'm going to tear it down for a week and head up north and have fun with my friends. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a great time. Tonight on Catfish Weekly, we have some of the guys that do what the most of us dream about, and that's catching a near 100-pound fish in a tournament. Welcome to the show, Derek, Allen, Anthony, and Jacoby. Hi. Thank you guys for joining us on the show tonight. We appreciate it. That is a monster fish you all caught the other weekend up there in Kansas City Catfish Tournament. Very proud to have you on there. And I understand that you guys are very new to catfish and sport as some of the late, later guests that we've been having are younger guys. And it's very nice to see you guys jump into catfish and do so well early on. Yeah, it's, uh, that definitely keeps us out of trouble that way. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Well, listen, I know Chuck's got some stuff to talk to you about, so Chuck, here you go. All right, guys, congratulations on the nice catch. Um, tell us about the stress y'all were under when y'all were getting it in the net and getting in the boat. Oh, I I don't know as much stress as more as excitement. I mean, <laughs> we obviously knew we had a pretty good one on. I don't know. He uh, he threw his line out or whatnot. I was five minutes later. He it was just getting taps and taps and taps, and we just figured it was a gar. We was actually getting ready to reel up and leave because we figured we was messing with what we didn't want to catch. And uh, about that time, his his rod went towards the water and drag was coming out. So we just untied the boat, and let him pull us around for a while. <laughs> we knew it was good when the rod went down. I mean, we kind of. We kind of know when we got a good fish, and there's no sense in chancing it. Really, we uh we like to untie and go and go with them. There, you know, uh, a lot of times we fish heavy current where you can't pull them to you. Uh, so he knew what to do. It was I looked down and line was coming out just as quick as I could cast it, and he he already had the boat untied and was reeling up as we was drifting. So it worked out great. Good, good. So y'all got y'all's routine down. Everybody knows what the other one's doing all the time. Yeah, that's what makes a good team. And um, when, when y'all caught the fish, did uh, did y'all let the guys at the weigh-in know ahead of time that something good was coming in, or was y'all just showed up unannounced and uh, weighed her in? We showed up to the weigh-in unannounced. Um, some friends of ours had caught a 70-pound fish earlier that day and, and posted a picture on Facebook, and... Uh, he, uh, Mike, Mike Porter was the one that caught it, and I posted a picture of it to his his uh, picture of his fish and told him, actually what I said was, we'll call your 70-pound fish and raise you an 80 because we didn't, we didn't think our fish was over 90 at the time. But uh, we showed up unannounced to the weigh-in. They didn't know we was bringing it in. We called our sponsors, um, Andy, and, uh, Tony. Andy and Tony, and told them we was coming in with a good one and ask him if anything else big had been weighed in other than the 70-pounder. They were at the weigh-in? Yeah, they they was, they was there selling bait all day. So. Oh, awesome. So uh, that was a big deal. Uh, I, them big old fish, they're, they're very hard to keep a hold of. I know that. Uh, I caught an 85 and, you know, took a couple of pictures with it standing up. And, you know, it. they're very hard, you know, you got the weight, and you've also, they're very awkward, you know, they're slick, um, very hard to hold, you know, um, especially when you're trying to get the whole fish in the picture, because you want a great picture with them, 
um, because you never know if that's going to be the last time you're ever going to get your picture taken with one of that quality. And, uh, you know, they're fighting against you and you're fighting against them and, and uh, you're trying to get the, you know, the camera to snap at the right time. Um, and I've seen some pictures of, you know, Anthony holding it at weigh-in, and uh, that I noticed a couple of guys were standing there waiting to see if he was going to have trouble because, um, you know, they're so hard to handle. Oh, we we definitely had trouble. <laughs> I whenever whenever uh, it was all time for the final and the announcement and stuff, and Brad looked at me and said, "Let's go get it and take some pictures." I shook my head and I told him, "I don't want to pick this thing up. He's been resting all day." <laughs> uh, yeah, we. We wound up having to get a, a carrier to get him out of the tank to go up and take pictures. And then once we once we got him picked up, he didn't want to be picked up, so he wasn't picked up any longer. A fish of that size, if he wants to move, he's going to move. I and mean, ain't no holding him back. Right. They're all muscles. Y'all laid the waist sling down inside the live well and transported him over to the waist sling and then hoisted him out with the waist sling? Yeah, that's how we got him out of the out of well, we put out of our live well. We just put him in our dip net, and we took him up to Brad's tank, and he was in Brad's big tank that he keeps all his big ones in for all the people to weigh in to see. Okay. And that was when we had to get the sling to get him out of there. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, those waist slings they're very nice to have. Um, yeah, they're very good on the fish. You know, the only thing you gotta make sure you wet them really good before you put the fish in them. But besides that, man, they're awesome, and they really help out when you're handling these fish in the boat. You don't want it in the picture, of course, so you'll have a few, uh, you know, if, a, a minute or so trying to hold them. Um, yeah, mine wasn't during a tournament. I caught an 85-pounder on, um, on Wheeler Lake, and uh, it was getting right at dark. And, I mean, you just want to get them back in the water so fast. That's how I was about it. And, um, I mean, it's – they just feel like they weigh twice as much as they do because I couldn't get a good hold of it. And I was just looking at Anthony's picture at weigh-in, and uh, I said, man, I know his back's killing him because I, <laughs> I did. And that, that thing's 10 more pounds. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but you, you can't hide the smile. And, you know, what? when I commented on your post and I said, Anthony, I said, uh, I said that, you know, don't think of it as a fish of a lifetime. And you said, well, it is. And I said, no, I said, you know, better things are to come. When you start catching fish of that quality and as young as you are, um, you know, you got to set those goals. You got to go after that triple digit. I mean, that's going to be, you know, you, now, you know, what you need to think, that's a great fish, but that's not a fish of a lifetime because you need that motivation, you know, to, to beat that personal best now. And uh, We're going to see triple digits. I, I, I hope so. That's our goal. Y'all are getting going. Yes, y'all are very hot. Um, speaking of goals, I want to hear some goals that y'all have uh, for your tournament fishing for the next year or two or even further in the long run. Just to stay consistent, that's that's the biggest part of it. I mean, you ain't going to go out and win every tournament, so, I mean, it's hard to want to set a goal like that. But just to stay consistent, you know, being being in the in the prizes, you know, that's my main goal. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, uh, fishing Kansas City cats. That's like having a um, you know a national uh, tournament trail in your in your hometown. I mean, there's so many great fishermen that fishes this trail, and uh, the number of boats you know that en enters these tournaments. You know, they're they're, they're numbers that you don't see at hardly any other uh, national events. Maybe one or two in the country a year uh, beats his average tournaments. Um, so y'all have lots of competition and, um, you know, y'all to be out there to shine like that, y'all are doing really well, um, against the competition. When you got, you know, uh, John Jameson and, and guys of that caliber out there fish, fishing against you, um, it, you, it'll make you become a, a great fisherman very fast. We, uh. We did, we did the whole tournament trail last year, you know, and we, we hadn't done a whole lot of fishing for blues at the time. And I think we, we fished eight of, the, eight of the nine or ten tournaments he puts on, all the ones that they do on the river. And we learned more just fishing with around these guys than we'd ever learned before. I mean, because you're right, there are a lot of guys that really know what they're doing in his, in his trail. 
we're fishing against the you know some of the best as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, Brad's put a great trail together, and and he's just got he's just got a, a basic fishermen out there that um, you know are just so competitive, uh, you know, and it's a lot of these guys don't really get noticed because they don't venture over east anymore and, you know, get on the uh, eastern side of the Mississippi River where, you know, a lot of these tournaments, uh, you know, the national tournaments come to. You know, there's there's a few on the uh, west side of the Mississippi River every year that get pretty big, but, you know, Kansas City Cats, they got, they got about all they need out there, um, you know, and it, It'd suit them fine if a national trail didn't even come through because Brad can build some great events out there and and uh, have plenty of prizes. Um, you know, speaking of them, what do y'all think about Lund Boats coming on board with Brad and seeing these these caliber of sponsors uh, come to sponsor the trail that y'all going to be growing with? Definitely helps. You know, brings the money in that. That Lund's doing something crazy. The the five hundred dollars every tournament just to just to have a Lund boat. That's you know that's that can pay for itself quick. Uh, does that got y'all thinking about you know getting a Lund boat? Oh, it's it's a possibility in the future. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I kind of like the boat I have. It just needs to be a little faster, I suppose. But um, uh, yeah. We need to. Well, we're gonna have to get something different, and and Lund something we'll definitely look into. Yeah, they're you know they're one of the best built boats from, um, you know they're they're a really good boat company. And anybody, if they're your sponsor or not, if they're getting into catfishing and they're helping our sport build like this, um, I have, you know, I have no reason not to uh, you know give them plenty of praise about what they're doing, um, you know. They're they're coming on board. They're they're giving the guys something to go out there and shoot for every week. Um, yep. And then the, these guys were seeing these other guys getting five hundred extra dollars if they do uh, get on top of the leaderboard. And then it makes the other guys you know go out and wanting to look at lines and uh, you know and and being able to go for that five hundred dollars every month. I think that's really great. Lines doing this. And when you look at Brad's uh, sponsor banner. I mean, it's just loaded, and he's he represents all those guys so well, and all the guys fishing that trail represents every one of them well. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, y'all both had uh, personal best broke a couple of times this year. Let's hear about your uh, y'all's personal best uh, in the order y'all caught them in this year. Um. Well. We both had caught 63-pounders prior to starting fishing this year, and so we uh, we went to a white cloud tournament this year, and it was a 15-hour-long tournament, and from where we where we normally fish at, it's about a two-hour boat ride on up, up there, so we decided we was just going to eat the four hours of driving because it was such a long tournament and went up there and fished and sat in a dike behind a, a, a trail dike that we'd caught a lot of big fish in. We sat there about all night. And AJ here, he hooked into his seventy-four pounder, and it was. Go ahead, tell him. It was. It was definitely worth making the two-hour drive one way, and it'll be a night. Honestly, that to me will be a night we'll never forget because it was such a long boat haul. You know, twenty-two miles an hour for fifty miles. That it, you know, it's a lot to look at. Well, we got caught in the storm that night. If everybody remember right, that was fishing that tournament, we had some nasty storms, and we got caught in the middle of it. Uh, on the way back with lightning hitting, you know, both sides of the, the thing. And it actually made us really nervous. So uh, it'll just be a night that I'll never forget, even though it's not my biggest fish now. Uh, I still, that's one of the most memorable ones. Yeah, they're, they're all special. Yeah. And then, I don't was it a month later we had another tournament in White Cloud, and we did the same thing. We decided we was going to haul four hours on back up to Brownville and fish there and caught another 74-pound fish and, it wasn't quite the fight of a 74-pound fish, though. It took about two minutes to put him in the boat. and From the rod going down to the fish was in the boat, it was, it was just instantly. But it was still fun either way. 
Well, what we live to do. The, the fact that we caught that the, it, for the last three years, our personal best was 63 pounds each, and that to the ounce on certified, you know, tournament scale, 74.95, both of us. It's it just, I don't know. To me, it's unreal. So, so whose turn is it to catch a 98 now? He needs to do something. Yeah, I might have to step it up. I hear you, son. You know. no, no matter what, though, like anybody asking me about that fish, yeah, I get a lot of, you know, attaboys for it and whatnot. No matter what, it, it wouldn't have happened without him, bottom line. you got to have a guy that knows what he's doing. You know, when you when you got a fish of that caliber, it's a lot of things can go wrong. We were, we were tied up to a brush pile that was, you know, sticking out of the water in a 38-foot hole. There was plenty of stuff for him to get into, and, you know, you got to have a good guy beside you, whoever's got the fish hooked up, so... Correct. It's a team effort, and it was weighed in as a team. So, um, you know, one guy's just got a worse back than the other one from having to handle it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He had to do the hard work. Yeah, the nerves were shot. Uh, so, uh, shot. what's the what's the next tournaments that y'all are really looking forward to, and you're pumped up about it, and you can't wait? I'm really pumped up about going, or hopefully going down to Monsters on the Ohio and then the, the same tournament on the Mississippi next year. Um, but, I don't know, I'm just really looking forward to doing, getting back and doing Brad's whole series again next year. <clears throat> yeah. We got uh, one this weekend that'll be a good time. It should be a, water's cooling off and whatnot. It should be some good fish caught. Kind of excited to see this one. Cool. So y'all are really going to be into... Uh, Y'all going to really focus on a points race next year and all that. Y'all's trail has a point system and all. Yeah. Y'all going to be focusing on going out and getting every single point you can and yep, yep. doing what it's going to take to win it, you know, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. There's normally, I think Brad has 45 to 50 boats that, that actually fish enough tournaments to qualify for points. And the first year we did it, we finished 10th, so I, I didn't feel like we did too bad for the first year. I mean, it was really the first year we'd ever fished the Missouri hard. 10th overall ain't bad, I don't think, first year. But Oh, no, that's great. But yeah, we're looking forward to try to do better, a lot better next year. Getting it, getting into all the tournaments next year free would be nice. <laughs> so so, so where are y'all standing at this year in the points? Uh, we didn't fish enough of Brad's tournaments this year to to qualify for points, so I don't I don't know. We we fished his big tournament he had in Brunswick, and then we fished one of them in Call, and then we fished his Atchison tournament. We did a lot of local tournaments this year that were just kind of closer. Cool. So did y'all participate any uh, points in any of those? Did y'all fish enough of those to be in a points race? No, we we fished all of. Uh, um, the PBS Flathead Clubs tournaments that they have in White Cloud, and th those were the ones we caught the 74. We finished second and first in those, so that was nice. Both the 74s were caught in the tournaments. Good. So, awesome. So uh, they don't have a point system in, on the PBS uh, Flathead Club? No, they don't. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's a lot of guys. Everybody, everybody remembers who won the tournament before, so I mean, we... Uh, Casey Hayes and his partner, I can't remember what his name is, he, uh, they won the first tournament, and then they turned around and won the Flathead tournament, and they was talking about bringing the broom and whatnot. And, well, we Snap. we broke the broom. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's what it's all about. This competitiveness is uh, is just awesome. And uh, you know, the, the, the better it gets, uh, you know, the more exciting everything gets, and that's what it's all about. You know, mm -hmm. get out there and, and, you know, it's everybody for the self on the water and then that way in, shaking everybody's hands and cutting jokes. And uh, yeah. you can have no more fun than I've had at some of these tournaments. All right, yeah. Lyle, uh, I'm going to hand them over to you. All right, guys. Brad would like to know what did you catch that big fish on? Skipjack. Skipjack. Pretty head. good bait. The head. Yeah, it actually wasn't very big head, to be honest with you. It was, what, probably two inch? Two-inch head. It was it was a small one. Yeah, it's a pretty small piece of bait. A small piece of bait compared to what we usually throw. That's good. That's cool. Um, you guys lifelong buddies? Yeah, I love big bait. I, I'm a firm believer big bait catch big fish, and I throw a lot of big bait. 
small fish will eat the big bait too. Yeah, they will. A lot of times they won't. Uh, uh, they won't bother big stuff as bad, but the big fish will also take small bait. So you know, it kind of works out. Yeah. Are you guys lifelong friends? Oh yes, yes. Sixteen, seventeen years old. Yeah, that's, I assumed that the way y'all get along, it, it's really, really neat to see so many of, of the younger generations jumping into the catfishing sport. It's just really been neat to see it in the last uh, couple of years to see a bunch of new guys come in. And, and uh, you know, Chuck was saying that you all is fishing against some of the best fishermen in the country, and you are. You got John Jameson and Britt Riddle and uh, Danny McGraw, and my gosh, I can't think of all all the people that that fishes over that way. That's just you know really tough competitors, uh, you know. And and uh, if you're if you're competing with them guys, and it looks to me as you are uh, being very competitive, that that you got a bright future in the sport. So that you know that's just awesome. We hope so. That's for sure. Right. We're here to stay. Man, that's good. That's good. I you know. Uh, you know, we was talking before the show that you wasn't sure you was going to get to go to Monsters on the Ohio. That's a, if if you guys can possibly make it, that's a that's a really really good tournament to go to. It's heads and tails the best run tournament anywhere that I've ever been to to present time, and it's so much fun down there. So if you guys can make it, you'll have a blast of fishing down there. Yeah, we're definitely definitely trying to make it happen. Well, and that, that's what you got to do. And, and you don't always get to make those, some of the tournaments. You know, any anybody that's in the sport or starting out in the sport, you understand that there things come up and you, you can't make them all and this and that or whatever. But uh, that is a great one to go to. And the one that's coming up next year, George is, is having uh, down in Memphis. It'll be another great tournament to go to. I'm really excited about that tournament. Uh, I think it'll be an outstanding event. I, I actually... This is nobody said this. I personally feel that it will be the biggest catfishing tournament of all times when it when it hits. I for, I just have that feeling. It's got the everybody can't wait to get there, and it's still a year away. Right. Yeah, I I can see it's going to be pretty pretty big if it's already got a hundred boats registered for it. <laughs> we we've got a room booked, so we're we're there. All right. Good deal. That's awesome. Uh, when when you guys are out there, can you explain some of the equipment you keep in your boat as far as depth finders and stuff that you're using to, to locate these big fish? We run a Hummingbird 998 um, with the side imaging, down down imaging. That's that pretty pretty plain Jane. I mean, that's all we use. But yeah, are you uh, drifting? Are you drifting or anchor fishing? We we anchor fish. We haven't really got into the drift fishing yet, but that's something that we'll definitely be learning here shortly. Well, when you learn that, that'll step your game up another notch right there. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's, it's a whole new deal. So, uh, my God, guy, them boys over your way better be scared to death. <laughs> they really should. If you're not drifting and all you're doing is anchor fishing, when you get that drifting figure out, them guys are going to be looking for a place to go. Yeah, that uh, that catfishing dream team video um, that would be perfect for y'all to watch and the, the type of fishing y'all do with the uh, them showing the bounce, uh, back bouncing while they're drifting in current and all that. That would be exactly y'all's cup of tea. Yeah, we just need to get out there and just set a day to trying it. The bad thing is we get out there thinking about it and we go to what and go to doing what we know. <laughs> But we just got to make our minds up, and make it happen, and we we will learn it. We'll know it. We'll know it soon. Well, I I can tell you the the. Have you got a trolling motor mount on the front of your boat? Yeah, yeah I've got a Minko to tear over. <clears throat> okay, I can tell you how you figure that out. You leave that tr that anchor at home, and you <laughs> go if you don't have it, you you will figure out how to drift fish the first day. Well, there's one problem. We always leave the trolling motor at home and take the anchor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was like, yeah, it was circle hooks. I, I get so aggravated with them. Finally, I just quit putting any any J hooks and kale hooks in the boat and, and made our ourselves learn to use circle hooks. And, and 
I can't say that it's in any better or it is any worse, but uh, I still use a, a, a straight hook to, to back bounce with, and, and uh, there's nothing better than trying to rip the lips off of one of them when you set a hook. I mean, that's just the highlight of it. <laughs> Yeah, right. we're we're a big fan of the circle hooks. We use use a lot of circle hooks. We like to watch that rod load up and just line come out. I mean, don't even get in the room. Just watch it. Heck yeah, Chris Parker would like to know locating fish or catching them. Are you fishing structure or cover that holds fish? Yeah, at times. I don't. It just depends on where we're at. I mean, there's. Places that we we definitely are scanning for structure, and places that we don't. I mean, there's the the trail dike we fish up up in nine times out of ten when we fish where we do, there ain't no structure in it. It's just somewhere I didn't, I honestly can't tell you why, but we just catch big fish there. And we we did we did mark his 74 pounder that we caught in there, and <clears throat> we we normally won't even fish it if we ain't marking fish in there, but we do nine times out of ten. <clears throat> Well, you know, all those dikes don't hold. They may look all the same, but they all don't hold fish. And some of them will hold fish and some of them won't. And the next time you go back, it may have swapped from one, one dike to the other. And some days uh, they'll be in dikes that's got blow holes, and the next day they're in a fish around a dike with a blow hole. So uh, a lot of that is pre-fishing and scouting and getting your game face on when you're, when you're getting ready to go to the tournament. You just got to find them every time you go over, and it's always different. Yep. Try different, different scenarios and whatnot. Here, actually, here lately, we've been doing better in, in structured holes. Uh, not not what we were doing the best in earlier this year, but here lately, we've kind of turned to it. It's been working. Well, and those fish will will uh, uh, change what structure they like uh, during different periods of the year. I believe you know from spring to summer and summer to fall and fall to winter and and uh, you know they'll they'll they'll. I feel like most of the time they're structure oriented on something, but it'll be something different, uh, you know, just about every time you go out. Yeah. yeah. We got four or five scenarios basically we try every time, you know, if, well, if we ain't doing good here, we're going to try this, and if this ain't working, we'll try something else. And usually within the four or five scenarios, we figure out where they're at or what they're doing, and then that's what we'll fish for the rest of the evening or, or night or however. We'll just stick to, like, say if we catch them in holes, we'll just stick to holes. If we catch them in flats, we'll bounce flats. It's just, you know, try different scenarios, figure out what the fish are doing at the time. They're somewhere. Do, do you have a problem with fish? When you're in an eight-hour tournament, do you think that uh, while you're fishing, the, the, the pattern will change during those eight hours and, and you have to go from a flat to a deep hole or to a channel edge or something? Yeah, I think it could, but the odds of it happening during that eight hours is, is a lot, I don't know, probably pretty slim. I don't know. It's never really happened personally. We haven't had it happen where we was catching them in a flat and then had to go to a hole. We Usually usually it's throughout the entire entire tournament or, or evening or however, whatever we're doing. My feelings on that is it will stay relatively close to the same unless a front moves through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If a front moves and the fish shut down, you better be looking for something different. <laughs> yeah. You be better be throwing it in their mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, there's a lot of truth to that. It really true. is. So the the bait that you're getting, are you buying your bait? you guys catch your bait fresh? Uh, uh, when we're throwing shad, we catch all our own shad fresh, yeah. Um, we buy our skipjack from uh, Gerald Judy is normally who we get it from. The... The, the bait shop that's sponsoring us now, named Bait Shop, is actually buying it from him, I believe, now to, to sell. So we've been getting it from him the last couple of weeks. No, oh, that's cool. It, is Skip J, is bait a premium up around the Kansas City area? Oh, if in the summer, Skip Jack's about the only thing you see people taking. I still always take fresh shad. But The, uh, yeah. the bait shop keeps you stocked up with, with quality stuff up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever we need, now, he's got it. Now, are you all from the Kansas City area or relatively close to that? We're from Ravenwood, Missouri. It's a little little town probably nobody's ever heard of. Um, it's close to Maryville where Northwest Missouri State University is. Okay, okay. So you're actually north of Kansas City. 100 miles, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a two-hour drive to call point. Yeah, I know where I've been. I've, I'm not, not sure I've ever been there, but I know where it's at. It's... Uh, 
Let's see, that's up around St. Joe, isn't it? It's north of St. Joe, 45 miles. Yeah. We're, we're about 10 miles, or well, 15 miles off the Iowa border. Well, you way up there. Yeah, we got we got a long drive every time tournaments go south. <laughs> now, do you guys ever venture out and go over to Nebraska and fish Calamus or any places like that? Oh, we haven't. We need to start, but I don't know. It's it's hard for us. When we're just pleasure fishing, we normally go go over to Brownville and get in over there because I don't know. We just know where everything's at and know the river. But right. we need to start getting out and going different places and learning different stuff. Well, I would think that uh, Calamus is loaded with with good channel cat. I would think that that would be an interesting. They have a lot of tournaments over there. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start looking into it and start doing some more lake stuff. Uh, we really haven't got into the lake thing, but that's next on the agenda. So I mean, well, well I'm uh, not paying the lake. Yeah, I, I fish the lake. I'm not a fan of lake fishing. If it don't have current in it, there shouldn't be any catfish in it. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel about it. Nobody agrees with me, and I don't care. You know, uh, I yeah. just I just don't like fishing lakes. There's, you know, I I want and the the stronger the current is, the more flooded water there is, the better I like. Yep. Yeah. Where we're at, there's not any lakes to go fish for blues. We have to drive two and a half hours just to go fish for blues. Either if we're going to go to a lake. Yeah. I mean, the closest yeah. Lake Lacine in Kansas City's it's it's about two and a half hours for us, and then we got. Uh, Milford, and it's four hours, so the river's well, an island. That's a great lake. They catch a lot of fish out there, a lot of quality fish. Yep. That's we, we used to say we hate lake fishing, too. We ain't doing it, but if we're going to, you know, follow these tournaments and keep keep going and getting better and, and going higher up on the scale, we're going to have to lake fish a little bit. So oh, yeah. we might Absolutely. figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody that's going to tournament fish has got to fish them whether you like them or not. I just... You know, I just never was a still water fisherman, but I, you know, the the people that go to them are just as much fun there as they are on the river, and and we always have just as good a time. I just yeah. prefer fishing current, you know, and uh, well, it's all I ever done for years, so that that's a lot of the reason for that. And uh, I, you know, I can catch a fish once in a while on the lake, but it's consistently the river's more productive for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can we can go to these lake tournaments and lose just as easy as we do at these tournaments on the river. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> so, are you looking at any new upgrades for next year? Yeah, we're gonna start using some different rods. I'm, uh, we're using some Hypercat rods right now. We really like. They're a lot. I don't know. They're they're seven foot. I think they're seven, seven foot six. six, seven six rods. They're a lot different than what we're used to using. We use a six and a half foot tow truck rod right now, and I don't know. I love them. I've had them for six years. We caught a lot of big fish with them, but but these, these hyper cats are pretty sweet. We're gonna turn to all hyper cats and and probably all rocket pro rocket seven thousands. Try to have some new stuff by next year. All new. Are you using braid or mono? We're on braided line, Power Pro. Best there is. Yeah, it's hard to hard to want to go away from it. Yeah, we use power 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 pro. Pro. So don't, one thing I hate about Power Pro is the fact that you can't break it <laughs> when you need to break it. <laughs> <laughs> now that's where your your leader should be a little less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What what kind of hooks are you guys using? L one nine sevens, one ninety sevens, eagle claws. Yeah. I, I preach that to people. One ninety sevens and and uh, I can't think of the name on the other ones are the best hooks on the market. Twenty twenty two. That's my favorite hook of all time. If I'm going fishing, I guarantee you them twenty twenty twos will be in a boat. That's I've never had any. You never have one straighten out. You never have one break. They're heavy wire and they penetrate deep and once you get a fish hooked, unless you just don't get the meat on him, uh, he's coming in the boat. Right. Yeah, we used to use those team catfish hooks a lot, and I really liked them. I thought they hooked up great, but we've had two of them break and one bend. And after that, it, it I mean, because you, you get one break or bend, you know you've lost a quality fish, so you might as well find something that ain't gonna break. <clears throat> That's exactly right. Um, 
We have a guy in chat, Scott Woody, one of our favorite guys that comes on the show every week with us, would like to know what your terminal tackle setup is and how you rig it to fish for these fish. We run a 12-ounce weight on a sinker slide with a bumper under it, then a, just a swivel and a, about an 18-inch leader. 80-pound leaders with the L197 and 100-pound power, uh, power Pro backup line. That's awesome. That's a great setup. Great setup. That should be good. A lot yeah. of guys give us give us crap about running such a heavy leader, but you know, in our eyes, we both agree that hundred pound braid has to break, and we know what it's going to do before anything's going to give. So yeah, we lose a little bit of tackle and stuff, you know, that way. But we got confidence in that hundred pound braid, so you know, we know what we're up against with it. Exactly. I, I don't run that heavy a liter, and I run 80-pound braid most of the time. But uh, And it gets to the point where you got to break something off. Uh, I don't mind losing a sinker and a hook once in a while if it means I can get my bait back in the water and get going again. I just soon break it off and go on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys in chat, if you have any more questions for these gentlemen, get them in here. We're going to be winding things down, and, and uh, if you want to know anything about catching big fish, these boys have got it figured out. Chuck, what else you got for them? Um, y'all were up there real close to Iowa. I didn't know that when I was talking to y'all. Um, <laughs> man, y'all, there's some big flatheads up that way, dude. Y'all, y'all, uh, y'all fish for trophy flatheads for the past, you know. Before y'all started tournament fishing, was that one of y'all's big focuses, going out and having fun mm -hmm. and chasing them big boys down? When we started fishing the Missouri River, that was what we focused on was catching flatheads because we have always fished a lot of these smaller rivers around home, and we've done a lot of good catching big flatheads out of those. So that's kind of what we knew how to fish for, so that's what we started on the river for on the Missouri, and we never really had a lot of luck catching anything real big. And then we started catching, we got lucky and caught some pretty big blues fishing with live bait and decided we was going to switch over to try to catch some catching blues because they were just averaging bigger fish. But yeah, we've caught, just a couple weeks ago, he caught a 35-pound flathead. That's still the biggest one we've ever caught on the river. But we've caught some nice ones in these smaller rivers around home here. Uh, what's the biggest one you've ever caught out of one of them smaller rivers around the house? 68. Oh yeah, there's some nice ones up there, man. Yeah, yeah that's the, a good uh, Minnesota and Iowa, I've seen you know, some some good fishing shows come on with in fishermen, and I've read some good articles in in some magazines about um, you know some of the fishing trips that people have had up there, and actually seen them catch some big flatheads. And I mean, just using you know 16-inch carp live, mm -hmm. and um, you know just rip and drag. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable how big them flatheads get up there. Uh, in those small creeks and rivers, and you know they they show up in the daylight, and you can skip a rock right across of it, you know, and you just can't believe that there's you know catfish that big swimming in those waters. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. You wonder makes makes guy really wonder how they get through there sometimes because them rivers get really shallow. Right. <laughs> but now then, we're fishing. Know. We throw we throw two blades, and we always have a rod each with flathead bait out. So we we still try to target them. Just you know, we we really target the blues. You know, with four rods and two rods with uh, uh, flathead bait of some kind. Right, and you still get them blues on them live uh, live bait too, don't you? Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes I, he caught a I think a thirty thirty four pound blue just the other day on on some live bait in a hole. Yeah. Oh yeah, my I mean that a lot of times when they're not touching that cut bait. Um, they kill that live bait. I just think even when they're not hungry, I think they're just so mean sometimes. They just got to eat it just to be mean. Yeah. And, um, a lot of times, you know, it, it's it's larger males, you know, the the longer, skinny, beat-up, mean fish is, um, you know, in the 30 and 40-pound range. I catch lots of those on, um, you know, real feisty bluegills. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's like they're just doing it to be mean. I, yeah, I it was uh, two or three years ago. We actually caught about caught a little eight pound blue cat and took it home. It was when we took home to eat and uh, cut it open, and it had a flathead in it that was about eight inches long. And the his barb on his 
side fin. Side fin was sticking out of his gut. I mean, he grabbed a hold of the fish and it poked him. He said, "What was that?" And looked at it and there was that side fin stuck through the gut. I mean, it just unreal the the size of bait they'll eat and what they'll eat when they're hungry. Oh yeah, they will. Uh, they'll pulverize them, you know. And you see pictures with them. You know, people see them uh, floating on top of the water with them wedged in their throat where they couldn't, you know, feed, you know, finish eating. And they wasn't eating them backwards, you know, the, the fins wasn't caught. They were just actually too big for their mouth, and they're just absolutely pigs. And right. you can just imagine the mouth on some of those 75- and 80-pound flatheads, um, you know, the just the size carp. Hey, locked up. Uh, um, you know, and that's what, that's why I fish. Um, you know, is for that kind of excitement, getting a good old big bait out there. You know, nothing smaller than a forty is going to hit it because it's so big. If you don't catch nothing, oh well. But um, you're ready for him when you do. Yep, that's uh, how we fish. <laughs> I yeah. throw big enough bait, the small ones ain't gonna mess with it. If we go home without catching nothing, it's because we was trying to catch something bigger. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just. Did y'all ever fish uh, up into Iowa and uh, you know get up into Minnesota, anywhere like that, and fish? No, we fished. We fished up on in Omaha last weekend, but other than that, no, we haven't ever fished anything real any farther north than Brownville, really. Okay. All right. Well, uh, guys, y'all are really kicking some butt, and I hope y'all hang in there, and uh, I hope to see y'all on the leaderboard, you know, month after month. Um, you know, these guys you're fishing against, uh, y'all need to walk around with your head high by doing how good you're doing now, and this confidence is going to get behind y'all, and I think it's going to excel y'all really good. So. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to pass y'all on off to Lyle and uh, let him finish y'all off. And uh, I really appreciate y'all being on the show, and y'all keep it up, guys. Thanks for having yes. us. Thanks for having us. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate y'all being on the show with us tonight. You guys are kicking ass and taking names, and, and we're, everybody in the catfish community is so proud of you young guys getting in there and doing so well. I, I can't tell you how much it means to, to everybody to see – new faces come into sport and immediately start making an impact on it and uh, I'm not sure if you was on the pre part of the show before we went live and I was telling Chuck, I don't know if he's on there or not, that I think a lot of this, uh, these, these younger people coming on uh, has to do with the fact that you all was brought up in the computer age and you can pick up these electronics where I have to go and search and play with them and mess with them for days to get them set and adjusted and find and make them do what I want to do and you, it's just like a video game to you guys you're young enough that, that you know exactly when you turn it on what you got to do to adjust it or find what you're looking for and, and it's just awesome that you guys jump in there and do so well thank you thank you sure appreciate we're, it we're here to stay we're gonna like say we're just gotta get better it's only gonna get better that's right. I hope to see you guys at some of the tournaments next year. I've got uh, Monsters on the Ohio coming up next weekend, and we're really, in case I got my Monsters on the Ohio shirt on tonight. We're, we're really excited about going down there, and if you all, if you guys get down there, be sure and come see us, and, and we'll, we'll sure love to visit with you. We'll be doing a live show of Bass and more, so if you make it, run over by and holler at us. We sure will. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for Thank having you. us. All right, guys. There's a couple of really good young men in the sport, Chuck. I'm sure glad that they was on the show tonight. They've done an outstanding job, and they have really, really put together a great plan on catching quality fish. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they're out in Kansas and Missouri, out over here in Alabama. <laughs> fishing against me. <laughs> you know, they've got it going on. They really do. They've been doing an awesome job, and, and everything is, is going great for them. And, uh, they're, they're the right kind of people for the sport, and, and they're good for the sport, and we like that very much. Uh, I did want to mention to everybody that, don't forget, if you're not entered in the Monsters on the Ohio you still got time to pre-register. You can register after the, I think it's this weekend, but you need to get a hold of Aaron Wheatley 
and get entered in this tournament. It's a great tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's been some guys in that area have been catching some quality fish. So come on down and fish the monsters on the Ohio. We're looking forward to getting there, and it's going to be a great time. It's, if anybody wants to go down and, and, and be on the Catfish Weekly Show with Chuck and I, we will be at Bass and Moore Tackle Shop. Uh, the afternoon of Thursday before the tournament, I'm not sure what date that is. Uh, chance to be what the seventh, eighth. But anyhow, Thursday before the show, before the tournament, come into Bass and Moore. We will be there in the afternoon. I'm going to get there around one and get everything set up. Twelve to one, get everything set up. Chuck will be there sometime thereafter, and and we'll start doing interviews. And what we're going to try to do, just to let everybody know, is we're going to try to do two or three and then take a break and let them post to YouTube and then do two or three more, maybe four, depends on how long the interviews go, and, and just keep running people in like that so we'll get as many people on there as we can as long as we don't have any broadcast issues. That's that's how we're going to try to do it. And Jim and Sheila has agreed to let us stay late if we, if we have a bunch of people that, that want to be on there, and we're going to have a great time. So come on in, and, and if you need license or bait or – hooks if you forget your sinkers or you don't have rain gear they will have you covered at bass and more so stop on by and visit with us and and uh and make it happen awesome yeah i want to mention man lyle both are going to have um ice chest uh and we're going to have some uh, live bait tanks there for uh, bait donations so y'all can just come by and drop off you know fresh skipjack or whatever you want <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll be much obliged. Yeah, I tell you what, Chucky. If somebody comes by and says, "Man, I found the the skipjack. I can throw a net. Get all you want. I'll furnish the net for you. Just come and grab them up." And Chuck and I'll split them. We're not hard to deal with. No, I mean that's what you know. Last year, you know this this catfish weekly thing. We we tried to do way too much here, and that you know when it was time to go fishing, was a little bit behind on the eight ball, but. You know, we'll, I think we've got a plan this year. We're going to be able to do our Catfish Weekly thing um, and, and do it as well as expected and, and still be able to go out and, um, you know, try to find some good fish and, and compete well on Saturday also. Oh, we're I think still, so. we're still taking donations for bait. Though. Yes, we are taking bait <laughs> donations. You're 100% correct. I, I can't tell you um, – how many messages and emails and PMs I've got. Uh, in fact, I'm so far behind on answering stuff. It's just I've been slammed to people wanting to know about doing the show down there. And, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to enjoy it. And this is one of the best. It is the best tournament of the year for me. Uh, we, we're, we're really excited about being able to go down there and see everybody. And unless something drastic comes up we, we should be down there uh, sometime wednesday and and i think you're going to be down there tuesday or wednesday so uh you know, like i say even if you guys are out wednesday and you have a bunch of extra bait i'll have an ice chest in the boat you can just throw them in i'll i'll bag them up and put them in the boat in the ice it won't be an issue yeah not you know live bluegill i mean that's great um i'll have a tank ready for some of those so <laughs> If you got some of those that you you gonna throw back in the lake, just bring them by, and I'll, I'll feed them until Saturday, and then I'll feed them through something Saturday. <laughs> I, I would like to mention again for those of you that that didn't listen to the first part of the show or might have missed it, uh, we got confirmation tonight from George Young Jr. that October the nineteenth we will be discussing the Mississippi River Monsters tournament. With George Young and none other than Bill Dance will join him on the show. We are very excited to have these two guys on here. And, and George is such a hoot himself. He has worked his tail off to get this tournament going. We are extremely proud of what he's done. Can't wait for that tournament next year. Uh, and, and to have uh, Bill Dance on the show. And, and, and now uh, he told me tonight it was a for sure go. But, you know, with a guy of Bill's stature, things could happen. I don't anticipate that it is, and they don't either. They wouldn't have, made, they wouldn't have told me about it. But uh, to have Bill dance on our show would, would just be outstanding. And 
for those of you that don't realize that Bill Dance is in this tournament also next year. Uh, I believe he goes out boat 100, but uh, I'm not sure who he's fishing with, but if it's James Patterson or someone like that, uh, he'll be a contender uh, when he gets in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll, you know, carry long. I don't know who George is going to fish with, if he's even going to fish. But uh, I don't know. I'd be, I don't know if George is going to fish. I know Aaron's going to be helping him. And, and, and there's, there's another thing that we need to bring up and mention. Aaron Wheatley and George Young Jr. are showing the catfishing community how you work together to make catfishing better for all of us. Uh, George got a hold of Aaron, and Aaron's going to actually go down the first Monsters of the Mississippi and help him run that and do that. And, and they're sharing information on how to make things better for all of us. And, and kudos to them guys. They're doing an outstanding job. And, and people that's never run a fishing tournament, especially one of that size, have really not got an idea how much work and time and money it takes to put on an event like these two guys do. Do you have any closing statements for tonight, Chuck? Um, not really. I, all I can think about is, uh, you know, taking off next Tuesday morning on the 6th and heading to Owensboro, um, getting up there, looking around, doing some shows, getting to see some friends, and uh, fishing in a little tournament on Saturday. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I think it's going to be a blast. I know it will be. It always is. And, and we'll be seeing a bunch of, of people that we haven't seen since last year and some that we've seen throughout the year. And, and it'll, it's always a good time down there. There's a really good, uh, uh, a really good motels to stay at. They've got good food. I, you know, did you get in on some of that barbecue that the Boogaloo man puts on down there? Oh yeah. I, I'm telling you, you guys go to that, that the captain's meeting. What is it? Friday night before the monsters. Uh, you're going to be amazed at the quality of food that man puts out for us. It's going to be awesome. The whole event's just run uh, extremely well. And, and uh, you know, if you haven't got entered or you want to get entered, contact Aaron Wheatley. You can send him a message on Facebook. You can phone call him. You, any way that you can get a hold of him, he'll explain anything to you you want to know. Aaron's a great guy. He cares for the sport of catfishing. He tries to make this the best tournament that there is, and to my knowledge, and the ones that I've been to, he's heads and tails above everybody else at this point. Well, Chuck, unless you have something else or we get another message in here, I think that'll probably do it for tonight, and uh, we'll see everybody next week.